Good morning, everyone. Good morning to those that are uh, here in person, and good morning to everyone watching online. For those watching online, we have a rowdy crowd here this morning <laughs> at worship. <laughs> rowdy group here. Um, but write something in the comments. We're so glad that you are worshiping with us. We wanted to let you know uh, that Christmas Eve, we have a service at 4 and another one at 6. And you can make reservations to come to that on our church website or call the church office. But uh, you do need to make a reservation for that service so we can spread out and make sure we have the right number here. Um, want to let you know if you missed it, Charles Wesley, who wrote so many of the great uh, hymns that we have in our hymnal, we had uh, a birthday party for him this past Friday. You could go back and watch that online. Benny McNair was here and did some great organ music. It was really cool. So you can go back and watch that. That's on the website and Facebook as well. Our children's ministry, which Catherine's Barnes is just doing an amazing job. Doesn't everybody agree? It's awesome. She's doing an awesome job. Uh, children's ministry and youth, we ended... Uh, our 2020 Wednesday nights with a great week last week. Everybody had an awesome, awesome time. Um, but 2021, I hear, is going to be the best ever. It's going to be awesome. So, um, And how awesome, if you're watching online especially, how awesome is our media team? They're amazing. Uh, they, do such, they do such great work. The sound is amazing. The video is amazing. So they do great work. Wanted to let you know as I talk about that, we're going virtual uh, for a couple of weeks now, uh, starting next Sunday, the 27th, and a couple of the first weeks in January. We will be virtual only um, due to our COVID numbers, but because we have an awesome media team, it's going to be great. It's going to be great. And uh, let's now go and light our Advent candles. Watch and wait for Christ's coming. We light this candle in hope. We light this candle in peace. We light this candle in joy. Then we light our fourth candle in love. Out of love for the people of God, the Lord speaks through the prophet Isaiah, as found in the seventh chapter, verses 10 through 14. The Lord spoke to Ahaz, saying, Ask a sign of the Lord your God. Let it be deep as Sheol or high as heaven. But Ahaz said, I will not ask, and I will not put the Lord to the test. Then Isaiah said, Hear then, O house of David, is it too little for you weary mortals that you weary my God also? Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Look, the woman is with child and shall bear a son and shall name him Emmanuel. Let's pray. God of hope, Prince of peace, and Lord of love, your goodness is beyond, beyond our wildest imagination. You give us more than we could ask. Teach us to love all people as you love us in Jesus Christ, our Lord. God of promise, God of hope, into the darkness you come. Amen. Reveal when hope was born this night. 
out upon the snowy fields. There's a silent peace that heals, and it echoes the grace of our Savior's embrace. Cause hope was born this night. Glory to God in the song used to praise the ancient of days when hope was born this night there are angels in this place and my heart resounds with praise like a shepherd so scared i rejoice and declare that hope was born this night glory to god in the It's great to be worshiping with you today. For those who are here in person, hello, good morning, Merry Christmas to you. And also for your joining us online, we're glad to be worshiping with you too. Say hello in the comments. We go back and look at those. If you got prayer requests, send those in too. Um, I would just remind you of a couple of quick things. One is um, we are still taking offerings for our, our white Christmas offering, and that goes to support the United Methodist Children's Home such a wonderful vital ministry that that provides a home and and a nurturing place to live and and helps kids that don't have any other place it goes all the way with them and all the way through college uh it, it's wonderful so if you can send an offering for that uh 
then, then please don't forget to do that. Also, thank you so much for your support of the church. You're giving online, you're giving, uh, dropping by the church, you're sending in the mail, and we appreciate all of your support. And we're going to, um, just a minute, pray and, and lift our prayers to God and also say a prayer of thanksgiving, even in a really rough year. Uh, Miss Catherine's going to take our kids to, to Children's Church right now, and they always have a good time. Listen, um, the youth are having a ball out there Wednesday night. They've been meeting outside with, like, doing a fire pit and, and all of that kind of stuff, doing, doing crazy things. You know Andy. He's going to have some fun. All right. So um, will you join me now uh, wherever you are and just, just pause for a minute and, and let's go to the Lord in prayer. God, we, we do have joy in our hearts even in the midst of, of trouble because the joy isn't dependent on our circumstances. The joy is that, that quiet knowing that you are with us, that Emmanuel, Christ with us, is real. And you fill us, Lord, with joy of knowing that somehow, some way, you're going to make all things right as we surrender to your will. Bless those who are struggling right now. Bless those who are grieving uh, for our gifts, for our tithes and our offerings and our special offerings for our children's home. Lord, take that and bless it and use it for your glory. And we ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen.
If I haven't said so lately, I do want you to know how much I appreciate the music ministry of this church. It's, uh, it's wonderful, and I know that you do too. Um, also appreciate our media team back there. You can't see them, but I can, and they do a great job too. It, it makes all of this possible. Um, we've adjusted in so many different ways, and I think I'm thankful for that too. Let me just uh, remind you of one thing before we get started. Um, maybe you heard earlier when Andy was doing announcements, or maybe you didn't. But starting um, next Sunday, we're, we're still having our Christmas Eve services. By the way, be sure to make your reservation if you want to come. We'll be live streaming both services. Both services will be identical except for the music. Um, but... After Christmas Eve, starting that next Sunday, a week from today, for it, at least three Sundays, we're going to go virtual only. And the reason that we're doing that is to, to just try to be um, as cautious as possible, anticipating uh, maybe a spike in, in cases after the holidays. We, we certainly hope that doesn't happen, but we think the wise thing to do would be to, to be cautious and to try to keep um, try to get through a, a tough first month of the new year, and and then twenty twenty one is going to be better. It's going to be better. All right. So we are looking in the meantime in the Gospel of John today. We've been looking at all the different titles of Jesus through our study called the Incarnation, and today we're turning to John's Gospel. We'll read the first five verses together and then verses 9 through 14. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through Him, and without Him not one thing came into being. What has come into being in Him was life, and the life was the light of all people. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not overcome it. The true light which enlightens everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and yet came into be and the world came into being through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to what was his own, and his own people did not accept him. But to all who received him, who believed in his name, he gave power to become children of God, who were born not of blood or the will of, or the flesh or the will of a man, but of God. And the word became flesh and lived among us, and we have seen his glory, the glory as of a father's only son, full of grace and truth. Word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. A couple of weeks ago, we were in staff meeting, and if, uh, if you could just be in some of our staff meetings, it's kind of fun, really. We were, I think it was Andy was talking about his next-door neighbor or has a pet pig named Amelia Oinkhart. Somehow we were talking about pigs. And uh, Susan, our church secretary, said, you've got to come into my office. I've got to show you this picture on my computer. And it was a picture of a pig named Boris. 
And you might be wondering to yourself, why does Susan have a picture of a pig named Boris on her computer? Um, well, have we, got the, have we got the picture of Boris up there? So I'm going to try to show you a picture of, of Boris. I'm doing my best. Um, well, here's the deal. Susan lives, can you see Boris? Uh, Boris is kind of cute. Um, Susan lives on, on Nakalula, and she is a member of the Nakalula Neighborhood Watch, right? Which uh, they have a Facebook page, and they have communication. It's mostly for, you know, someone's dog got lost, someone's cat got lost, uh, you know, road work and things like that. But someone up on the mountain had a, has a pet pig named Boris, and Boris escaped from his pen. So his owners put up a picture of Boris and said, help us find Boris, please. And then every so often on the neighborhood watch page, someone would say, have a Boris sighting, right? Uh, Boris is at the corner of such and such and such and such. Or, or they would have a picture of Boris going across the backyard and, and it became like an ongoing saga of finding Boris and people just got interested. You know how we are. People just got interested in Boris's welfare. Some people were helping to try to find and capture Boris, and some people were saying, you know, go Boris, go. You know, the McKivens live up on the mountain, and would you like to know what Michael McKiven put on this whole thing? He put a picture of Forrest Gump, and he put on there, run Boris, run. But that's Michael, and if you know him, that's his sense of humor. But, so Boris, for three days was on the run. Boris made it all the way down the mountain on the Alabama city side. Uh, and I think maybe he was having a good time. Uh, the problem is we really don't know if he was having a good time and enjoying his, his uh, adventure or not because we had really no way to communicate. Uh, people who were trying to help Boris had no way to communicate with Boris in a way that Boris could understand. I mean, how in the world do you get through to a pig? How do you tell that pig that you're just concerned for their well-being? How do you let the pig know that there's a problem? I mean, up on coming out that mountain, there's coyotes up there. There's probably, probably bobcats up there, Pastor Andy. I don't know. There could be anything up there, and there's a problem. So how do we let Boris know that there's A, a problem, and B, a solution to the problem? You would just have to be able to speak in a language that Boris could understand. I don't think I could help. Although I can speak pig Latin. I don't think that would have helped Boris. Can any of you? Ude, uye, one, igpe, atenle? But I don't think that would have helped. If only Boris's master could have become a pig himself, then he could have had a conversation with Boris and he could have led Boris back home out of the wilderness. But alas, what we've got here is a failure to communicate as the captain on Cool Hand Luke. So if any of y'all watch Cool Hand Luke, then you're cool. The writer of the Gospel of John was also having a communication problem. He had to find a way to communicate to both Jews and Greeks in a way that would grab their attention. He had to tell the Gospel, the story, the good news of Jesus in a way that both groups would understand and relate to. 
He had to find a way to bridge that communication gap. He had to find a common denominator that would, that would appeal to both groups. And here is what he came up with. The concept of the word and the concept of light and concept of Lord. All three of those were something that Jews and Greeks could connect to. And all three are descriptions of Jesus. So this morning we're going to look at that. Uh, Jesus first as the word. Uh, the Jews had this strong connection to the concept of the word. For them, the word was not just a sound that came out of somebody's mouth as a means of communication, but the word in, in, in the Jewish mind was an active force that was sent forth to accomplish a person. You see it all through the Bible, all the way back to the beginning. If you think about it in the creation story, um, when God got ready to create, God spoke and said, let there be, and there was. So creation itself came from the active force of the word. You read all throughout the Bible. If you go back sometime and read Psalm 107, it's a wonderful psalm. It's a psalm of, of thanksgiving to God for being delivered from troubles. It would be a good psalm for 2020. But we see there over and over again in Psalm 107 where the people cried out to the Lord in their trouble. And then here's what we see is the refrain. God sent out his word and healed them and delivered them from destruction. God sent out his word. It was an active force. It was something sent out by God to accomplish a purpose. That's what Isaiah was talking about in Isaiah 55. He, he, he said, for as the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return until they've watered the earth and make it bring forth sprout, giving seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word, this is the Lord speaking through the prophet, so shall my word be that goes out from my mouth. It shall not return to me empty, but it shall accomplish that which I purpose and succeed in the thing for which I sent it. The active force accomplishing the purpose. So the Greeks also had a, a concept of the word that was very strong. And, and it was the Greek word logos. And for them it was, it was the mind and the reason, the place of truth. And that was what in their, in their minds of what brought the universe into order and what held things together was the logos of God and what made human beings able to even understand God in the first place was that logos of God in them that thing that held the universe together and kept the universe going the logos of God the mind the reason the will of God so right there we have the common denominator and so God's uh, word John's gospel could speak to both groups when he said this. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. That, that active mind of God sent forth to do God's will, that created reasoning of God uh, by which the universe came into to being the Word of God, which was with God prior to anything being created through which everything was created, that word became flesh and dwelled among us. 
And through that living word, we get to see God's glory for the first time through Jesus Christ. The mind and the will and the reason of God is seen in the flesh for the very first time. The word became flesh. That's the incarnation, the active, created mind of God, revealing God to us, revealing God to us. Wow. How powerful is that? Well, Jesus is also the light. In John 1, 5, it says the light shines into the darkness. And we can only really appreciate light when we contrast it to darkness, right? And we know about darkness. And in the Bible, most of the time, darkness represents things like chaos. Like in creation, when God spoke uh, creation into being, he spoke into the darkness and said, let there be light. We, we see darkness representing evil a lot of times in 1 Peter 2, 9, that great verse that talks about us uh, being a royal priesthood. It says that God called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. Darkness sometimes in the Bible just represents plain old ignorance. Have you ever been in the dark about something? Oh, Yeah. Uh, you, may, you may have people in your life right now that you think that they're, they really are in the dark. Or you may feel like you're in the dark about things. It just ignorance. Sometimes dark represented just separation from God altogether or what we would know as hell. In Matthew 25, and when Jesus told the parable of the talents, the, the one guy who buried his in the yard and was basically wicked and lazy according to the master who returned the master had him thrown into outer darkness where there was weeping and gnashing of teeth representing a separation from God altogether so darkness chaos evil ignorance Separation from God, that was the darkness that was in the world into which the light of Christ, the light of the world, shined. John 1.5 says, the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not overcome it. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not overcome it. The King James Version says, the darkness did not comprehend it. Okay, so the darkness did not overcome it. The darkness did not comprehend it. Which one is correct? Actually, they're both correct. Because the Greek word could be translated either way. And both, both concepts are profoundly true. Profoundly true. There is no darkness that can overcome light. Have you ever taken a trip to cathedral caverns? It's up the other side of Gunnersville. Some, some of y'all have. If you haven't been, it's, it's a really great thing to see. Um, anyway, look it up, and, and it's a short trip. It's worthwhile. I haven't been in a long time. I need to go back. I went uh, on a school trip there, and they, they, they take you on a, a cave tour, right? You go down into the cave and the tour guide, of course, is telling, we were a group of students, he's telling us the difference between a, a stalactite and a stalagmite and all of the other things, features of, of this wonderful, uh, beautiful example of nature and God's creation. So we get down to 
this area. And the tour guide warned us, our teachers and the students, that um, he was about to turn off the lights. And he said, it's just going to be very, very dark in there. And we were like, well, sure, we've been in the dark before. And all of us guys were like, we're not scared of the dark. But when he turned that light out, that was the darkest dark I've ever experienced in my life. It was just inky dark. You couldn't see anything in front of your face. It was completely unnerving. And the tour guide knew that it was going to be that way. And so in order to keep us from being totally scared, he said, okay, okay, follow the sound of my voice, follow the sound of my voice and see what I'm about to do. And he struck a match and lit a single candle. And you know what? It wasn't dark anymore. I mean, I mean, the darkness was out there, but we could see. It was amazing what that one little candle did. We weren't afraid anymore. It made all the difference in the world. There was as big and as vast and as dark as the darkness was, it was no match for the light. But the darkness also uh, is, does not comprehend light. The King James Version has it right, if you think about it. Uh, the, the Word made flesh, the light who came into this world, who was born in uh, Bethlehem, wrapped in swaddling clothes and placed in a manger, was not comprehended. Here we have the light shining into the darkness. Here we have the Word of God made flesh dwelling among us. Here we have Savior, Lord, Prince of Peace. We have everything being changed. And Bethlehem, most of the people in Bethlehem just went on about their business. I mean, the innkeepers were still running in and people were still trading and doing all of their things. They had no idea, no idea that their world had just changed forever. It was this last week, uh, December the 17th, in 1903, that two bicycle makers named Wilbur and Orville Wright made this funny-looking contraption and they actually tried to fly it and, it, and it stayed in flight for 59 seconds. And they got so excited. They knew how important this was. Nothing would ever be the same. Nothing has ever been the same again after that moment. And they were so excited and they didn't know what to do. So they went to the, to the telegraph office and they sent a telegram to their sister in Ohio. And the telegram read this. Good news, achieve sustained flight for 59 seconds. P.S. Hope to be home by Christmas. She knew uh, she had to do something. She didn't really know what to do. So she ran down to the local newspaper office and she told them about it. She gave them the telegram and they, they got real excited too. And so... The next day, the front page of the paper in that hometown Ohio paper, um, this was the headline, Local Bicycle Makers to be Home for Christmas. Okay. Everything had changed, but nobody really got it. 
Nobody really got it. And see, the incarnation, the Word made flesh, the light that shines into the darkness, changes Christmas, changes everything. It changes everything. Will we notice? Will we stop long enough to notice that the light has shined into our dark, dark world? Will we stop long enough to walk in that light? Or will we stay in the dark? Will we choose to stay in the dark? You know, if we choose to stay in the dark, then the darkness is deep. Jesus said in the Sermon on the Mount, the eye is the lamp of the body. If your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light in you is darkness, how great is the darkness? There's an old saying, and I'm not exactly sure who said it, but it's true. It says, we don't see things as they are. We see things as we are. We see things as we are. Will we walk in the light? Will we choose to see from the perspective of light? Which reminds me of an old episode of All in the Family. I'm going old school today. All in the Family, did y'all watch that? I wanted to watch it a lot as a kid. My mom didn't want us to watch it because she, she thought um, Archie Bunker was obnoxious, which he was. But my dad got a kick out of it, so I got to watch it sometimes. Archie Bunker was impossible, right? You're probably thinking of a relative who's like Archie Bunker. He was rude, and he was crude, and he was bigoted. He was loud, and his wife's name was Edith. He called her Dingbat, okay? But that's Archie, right? One episode I remember, Edith and Archie go to Edith's class reunion, and Edith runs into an old classmate named Buck, and you have to understand, Buck looked a lot, if you ever gone to a class reunion, Buck looked a lot different from the way he looked in high school. And by that, I mean he had gained weight and not just a little bit of weight. He was enormous. And so you see in the episode, Edith and Buck are having a big time. They're having fun. They're enjoying each other, having wonderful conversation, talking and laughing. And this whole time, Archie is over in the corner just rolling his eyes like, okay, come on. And then later on when they leave, Archie and Edith are talking about this. And Edith says, oh, Archie. Ain't Buck a beautiful person? And Archie looks at her with disgust in his eyes and says, Edith, you dingbat, you and I look at the same guy and you see a beautiful person and I see a blimp. And Edith just gets a puzzled look on her face for a moment and she says, Yeah, ain't that too bad? It is too bad. The world, listen, the world is full of darkness, but Jesus has brought the light. And he brought the light so that you and I could not just see the light, but we could see what to do. We could see how to live and that we could choose to walk in the light. Which brings me to my third thing that I want to say about Jesus is Jesus is Lord. That was the early confession of the church is still our confession today. 
And what I mean when I say Jesus is Lord is that this word made flesh, this light who has shined in the darkness, this word of God made flesh. Being Lord gets to lead the way. And our job is to follow. Our job is just to follow. In his book, uh, Incarnation, that's, that's kind of the basis for our, our Bible study for Advent, Adam Hamilton writes these words, God sent Jesus to launch a revolution of the heart that ultimately leads us to take his light into the world. And how do we do that? It starts with watchfulness, paying attention to see where someone needs support and our assistance. It starts with saying, here I am, God. Use me to take your light into darkness. And then we carry that light through acts of selfless love. You know, God's answer to the darkness in this world is to send Jesus the light to show us the way to follow. He is Lord. We're followers. And if we walk in the light, we're walking in his will. We're not just meant to be passive recipients of the light. We're not meant to just be passive recipients of his grace and his love. We're meant to do something with it. We are God's plan for changing the world. We really are. And if we follow Jesus as our Lord and our Savior, our King, our Emmanuel, we will change the world. We will show people the way home out of the wilderness. And speaking of showing people the way home out of wilderness, I need to finish my story for Boris, right? Boris the pig. Um, the good folks of animal control were able to capture Boris and to take him home again. Hey, isn't that good news? Uh, and here's how they did it. They, they got a big cage, and they knew that Boris was going to be hungry by now, right? Because he's been on the run for three days, and he, he's a pig. He's, he's going to be hungry. So they had to bait the cage with something. You know what they baited the cage with? Cheerios and bananas. Isn't that great? I just love that. I know, you know, they could have caught me in that cage because the morning that Susan told me that they had caught Boris and that they caught him with Cheerios and bananas, I literally had had Cheerios and bananas for breakfast that morning. And I said, they could have caught me in that cage. So how are you and I going to catch people who are walking in the darkness? Jesus told us that we were going to fish for people if we followed him. You know, I think we catch them by shining the light and love of Jesus everywhere we go. I think that's how we catch them. I think that's how we show the people who are walking in darkness how to find their way home again. Let's pray. Lord, I'm thinking about a, a song that we used to sing as kids. And... Sometimes those are the best ones. Sometimes they are so true and so powerful. But we'd hold our fingers up in the air and we'd say, This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. And I pray, Lord, that's what we do. That we take that light that came into our dark world and we take it and we shine it everywhere we go. In Jesus' name, amen. 
Jesus said, a, a city set on a hill can't be hidden, but it shines for everybody to see. So let your light shine in the world so that others can see your good works and give glory to God the Father. So here's the benediction. Take your little light and shine it in your world. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.